Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The text for our Gospel proclamation comes from the letter to the church at Rome in chapter 13, verses 1 to 10. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For the same reason, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel proclamation is that letter to the church in Rome that I just finished reading for you and serves as the basis of our theme for the 14th Sunday after Pentecost, Submission in Christ. Twenty years ago, Marcy and I came to Florida to start our lives as pastor and wife in the parish. When you become a new pastor in Florida, there is a program that you are required to participate in called PALS. PALS, standing for Post-Seminary Applied Learning, regularly brings together groups of recent graduates throughout the first couple of years of their ministries. The support group meets to worship together, study together, and receive coaching tips from an experienced pastor who has been there and done that and can help them with the initial challenges of the ministry. Marcy and I had a lot of fun in our group and have remained friends with many of them ever since. Others were not so lucky. One dear friend of mine was a second career pastor and he was not interested in the extra time and effort the group caused him and immediately begged out of the program. His time spent there was not useful, and the experienced pastor was not a very skilled at coaching and to a second-career pastor who had a lot of experience in the military and corporate world. He could not take the poor supervision and unqualified mentoring. Well, the program was mandatory. 
So it wasn't long before he got a call from the district president concerned at his lack of participation in PALS. My friend gave him all the reasons why he would not continue, then asserted that they could not make him as there were no real consequences for not participating. Well, this is where a district president skilled in the gospel can motivate where the law never can. After listening to my friend carefully and purposely not interrupting, the district president simply waited for him to finish and asked him one simple question. Will you do it for me? What a brilliant move on his behalf. He could see that the commanding, legalizing, and mandating were getting him nowhere. And so he simply encouraged and exhorted him instead. And by golly, it worked. My friend, who is notoriously stubborn, agreed. Just being asked to do it rather than commanded to do it changed his entire countenance. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the spirit of God's teaching in our letter to the church at Rome today. Submission to authority was to be done willingly. Because the only true authority for the Christian is God. And if someone is an authority over us, well, God either tolerates them there or specifically puts them there. Tolerates them if they are a terror to God's people because we know that persecution and suffering draws us closer together. And when we are closer to each other, we are actually closer to God and puts them there. Because they are the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Ha ha, but pastor, God surely isn't talking about the inept leadership we have to suffer under, is he? I mean, just look at all the unchristian laws concerning abortion, the horrendous national debt we have accrued, and even the encroachment on our First Amendment right to freely exercise our faith. Surely, We are not subject to that authority, are we? I think it is helpful to understand Paul's leadership in his day when he was inspired to write his letter to the Romans. The emperor of Rome was Nero at the time. And if ever there was an emperor who was hard on Christianity, he was it. Tacitus, a Roman historian, describes just a few of the misdeeds Nero perpetrated on Christians whom he blamed for the terrible fire that burned much of Rome. He wrote, A vast multitude was convicted, not so much of arson as of hatred of the human race. And they were not only put to death, but subjected to insults, and that they were either dressed up in the skins of wild beasts or perished by the cruel mangling of dogs, or else put on crosses to be set on fire, and as day declined to be burned, being used as lights by night. This was Paul's emperor, whom he appealed to in the book of Acts in chapter 23, When the Jews wanted to try him in Jerusalem, accused about questions of their law, but charged with nothing deserving death or imprisonment, 
according to the tribunal leader of Rome. So Paul, in order to see justice done on his behalf, actually trusted, of all people, Nero. Whatever Paul thought about Nero as a man, he still saw him as under God and only able to exercise his authority over God's people as God would allow. What confidence. What incredible trust. What unbelievable faith in a system that did such horrible things to God's people. It is so hard to comprehend. and It defies all logic and reasonable understanding. At least to those who are only reasonable and logical. While we are indeed reasonable and logical, we are also spiritual. And more specifically, sanctified in the spirit of God whom proceeded from both the Father and the Son. Only by the wisdom given by the Holy Spirit can we understand such submission to said authority. We should not have that expectation of a non-believer. They would never get it. No matter how much history or archaeology or geography we may know to verify the presence of our God in this world of corrupt politicians and even more corruptible people they are responsible for. So we must show them the way to understanding comes through Jesus' way to the Lord. And Jesus showed us that way by submitting to the most horrible of horrible leaders who never sought to understand him and believe in him as their leader, sacrificer, and messianic hope, which of course we know he was and still is. Rather, they sought only to kill him. And when they found a way to do it by crucifying him, Jesus did the unthinkable and submitted to them until he died. This is the key to submission to authorities for us today. While it is good to submit for peace, that is not why we do it. While it is good to submit because God allowed them to be there or specifically put them there, that is still not the main reason. And while we all want to live in a world with authority rather than suffer in a world of pure chaos, that is still not the reason ultimately. The reason we submit is because in submission to authority, We show that we believe in the authority of God whom submitted his authority in order to save the authorization of life under the authority of God for all of us forever in, with, and by him alone. That is good news. God has authorized everything for our good, even when it feels bad. And we can trust him to accomplish his will regardless of our actions, intent, and ability. For it was his authorized walk to the cross under the authority of the Roman centurion that authorized Jesus to make that trip to hell to tell Satan that he no longer had authority over our souls. 
Then Jesus' authority over death itself was witnessed by thousands that even the authorities of Rome could not deny that the people who saw him really believed he was raised from the dead. So much were the Roman authorities concerned over this movement amongst the early Christians, they resorted to persecuting them for saying it, let alone believe it. One of the earliest and most authoritative historians of this age was Flavius Josephus, who celebrated reference to Jesus in Antiquities, chapter 18, verses 63 to 64, states in part, He was the Messiah, for he appeared alive again on the third day. The authorities knew it. Jesus' enemies knew it. And now we know it. But it is never enough to just know it. One must submit to it. For when we submit to it, we truly submit to the very one who submitted himself for our sins and removed from us our submission unto the devil and freed us for Christ. That is true, free, willing submission in Christ. Amen. Now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen.